You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Giving podcast. My name is Guy Dawson, and I am the executive director of the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce, and our organization was formed to create synergistic relationships between businesses and nonprofit organizations, uh, and we are thrilled to continue to be able to broadcast here at 91.5 KUNV, uh, the UNLV radio station. We love getting our message out about uh, all the things that we are doing uh, via uh, this wonderful outlet. And uh, the mission of the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce, as I had mentioned before, is all about the empowerment of two pillars of the community, nonprofit organizations and uh, for-profit businesses. And uh, these are two um, pillars of the community that don't always get the recognition that uh, we feel they deserve. They bring so much value in different ways uh, to the cities uh, that we live in and the communities that we are a part of. And uh, our mission with what we do with our Chamber of Commerce is, again, all about the empowerment bringing publicity to both businesses and nonprofit organizations, developing programs that help them grow, help them improve so that they can continue to provide the value uh, that they bring. And so through since 2019, we have been uh, connecting with many, many nonprofit organizations and many, many businesses to continue to uh, foster these outstanding relationships. And with the Business of Giving podcast, we've been on the air almost a year now. It's amazing the way that time flies. And it's uh, it's been a real thrill to have the opportunity to interview so many great nonprofit leaders and business leaders and to just learn more about what's going on in both of these sectors uh, within the community and finding ways to incorporate uh, all the good works that both of these, uh, again, pillars of the community are bringing and being able to broadcast to all of you. One of the things that we uh, are very, very focused on is promoting nonprofit organizations that don't necessarily get a lot of publicity. There are nonprofit organizations out there that are very, very well known, and we know of them, the United Ways uh, uh, and and others, and they're you know, wonderful organizations that also bring a tremendous amount of value. But we also know that there are nonprofits that don't have necessarily the big name that are also very, very vital in the services that they provide within the community. And that's one of the things that we like to focus on both at the Chamber of Commerce uh, and also with this radio show, The Business of Giving. And I have a good friend of mine, Brian Payanessa with Nurses of One Inc. And he's going to be the first person that I talked to today on the show. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, welcome to the business of giving, and tell us about Nurses of One Inc. What what do you support with your nonprofit organization? Sure, we are a brand new nonprofit organization here that we are focusing primarily on retired, disabled, and terminal ill nurses. So we're brand new to Las Vegas, 
And for all of our listeners out there, I want you to picture or visualize like the Wounded Warrior Project. Well, that's exactly what we're doing, but we're doing it for the nursing industry. The pandemic has put a spotlight on what we do as medical professionals and us as nurses. Uh, and they really were really targeting Las Vegas because we're ranking 48 out of 50 states when it comes to healthcare. And, you know, we need to take implement programs and change the culture and the diversity. And it starts with, you know, giving some, some love and the spotlight to the people that have done the career for 10, 15, 20 years, it starts with them. But it also, what we're trying to do is build programs that give back to them physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, and rehabilitation programs for the nurses that really just get left behind. Once they leave the corporation setting uh, as nurses, uh, they're left they're forgotten about and it's like man that's a lot of care for humanity and years of service from you know when patients when babies take their first breath to when patients take their last you know nurses are there and that's what really separates nurses from a lot of the other first responders and my hat's off to goes hat my hat goes off to all other first responders military number one but teachers policemen firemen especially you know, they deserve uh, programs as well. And the thing is this guy, there are a lot of programs for them already in place, but not for the nursing industry. And that's where Nurses of One steps in to say, look, we need to improve the way we rank here in Nevada when it comes to our healthcare. And it starts with connecting the dots from beginning phases of nursing and to the end phases of nursing. You know, Brian, you were talking about during COVID, the essential workers started to get much more recognition than they probably have ever gotten in in the history, or at least as long as I've been uh, alive. And it was it was really interesting to see the value that was put on nurses because of this, you know, once in a hundred year experience that we had. This disease that was um, was literally taking lives on a daily basis, and there was it was a wonderful thing to see uh, people really rise up in support of essential workers like you yep yeah and it's just that you know it the the scary part was it was a very media driven pandemic and you know we had a lot of question marks in the community you know nationwide globally of what to do what not to do what's the right thing what's not the right thing which really put uh it really divided our healthcare industry and what i mean by that is when you have public health step in and tell you how to run your hospital and treat your employees and really uh, triage your patients when they, as soon as they step in the door, you know, that really puts a damper on how nurses treat patients. And again, when you have a nurse that's done it 10, 15, 20 years, they are set in their ways and they do their job like no one else can do. And when you tell them to do it differently, that's what puts a bad taste in their mouth. And that's part of the reason why we're having nursing shortages is because the average age of a nurse is about 49 to half to 50. That's the average age. Well, guess what? When a, when public health steps in and tells them how to do their job, you know, the, the longevity of the career is not going to be as long as, as, as it should be. And it's pushed, it put a lot of a bad taste in people's mouths and it pushed a lot of people away. And we can't, we're, we're still recovering from that. Advocating for nurses is uh, unique, and I remember when you and I had this conversation uh, a couple of months ago when we met, I thought 
what a wonderful group for us to start to acknowledge. I guess a lot of people don't think very much about nurses, Brian. And like you're saying, Guy, a lot of these, a lot of our community doesn't realize that there's programs for the military, there's programs for teachers, there's a lot of other programs for other first responders in the nursing industry. We outnumber the military three to one in the nation, believe it or not. There's over 4.2 million nurses in the nation. And it's expected in the next ten, five to 10 years that we have over 500,000 to a million nurses that are retiring in the next five to 10 years. And again, there's that gap where we can't produce enough, you know, quality nurses coming out of school or they're leaving, you know, our city and our state to go elsewhere to become, you know, their career and, and, and as, as a nurse. And it's like we have to take what we already have in store which is, again, Las Vegas is known for being the entertainment capital of the world. We have the best restaurants. We have the best retail shops. We have the best hotels. Well, why don't we implement that into giving back to our healthcare workers and our medical professionals and our nurses especially to say, look, we appreciate you. And that's how we're, cha- we're going to change the culture. We're going to start with, again, targeting the retired, disabled, and terminal ill nurses in the midst of that, connect the beginning phases of nurses, which means students, to these retired nurses. Because guess what? These retired nurses want to help. They want to give back. But the problem is, the challenge we're having is, these nurses that have put in 10, 15, 20 years, they have so much educational background to give back and, ex- and personal experience to give back to students. But the only way they can give back to them is if they become a teacher, and they need a master's degree to teach, you know, uh, these students. That's like, wow. Look at, so again, with my, with our listeners today, tell me the difference from a nurse that gets their master's degree and only has three or four years of experience to the nurse that's put in 20 or 30 years. Right, the level you of know? competence. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, of completely. Course. It's the real life experience. I mean, nursing is not about books, it's about real life experience. And only those that have put in 10 plus years really understand and grasp how to really maintain their composure when someone's life's on the line. Do they stay calm? Can they think? Can they react to certain situations? And that's something that, again, you can't learn from a book. You know, you need to learn from people that have done it for years and years and years. And to them, it's like... It's like reading a newspaper. <laughs> it's like riding a bike. It's normal. You know what I mean? That's what they know. That's what they love. You know, and so one of the things, Guy, I wanted to talk to you about if we have a second. Do we have a second? Okay, great. So one of the things Nurses of One, Inc. is so proud about is this, this new program that we're, we've just started two weeks ago. Guy, as you know, nurses are on the go 12-plus hours a day. They don't have time to food prep. They don't have time to cook. A lot of nurses don't even know how to make a meal because they just never learned. Well, Nurses of One, Inc. has teamed up with Chef Nu, and it's from Manus Kitchen. So I'm going to say that again, Manus Kitchen. Uh, Chef Nu, we are doing a cooking show every Saturday to teach the fundamentals to the nursing industry of how to food prep and how to cook and make a home-cooked meal. What we're doing with these meals that we create, we are donating them, Guy, to uh, retired, disabled, and terminal ill nurses here in in Las Vegas. You can't put a price tag on a home-cooked meal. I don't care what restaurant you take me to. 
There's nothing like a home-cooked meal. And it's our way of showing appreciation to these nurses that have done it for so long to make them a home-cooked meal. The whole concept and idea guy behind this is we are connecting with nursing students that need to get community service hours, right? That's mandatory requirement for them to graduate and become a nurse. Nursing students are going to be picking up these meals that we make, and they're going to be taking them to a retired, disabled, and terminal ill nurse's home. So guess what? We've connected the dots from the beginning phases of nursing, which are students, to the end phases of nursing, which are the retired, disabled, and terminal ill. So now that nursing student has a mentor, has a friend that's done it, the career for all these years and can be that advocate for that nursing student when the teacher is not, not, not available. Do you see how we're changing the culture? We're changing the dynamics by doing something that's never been done before. And that's the thing, Guy, that really excites me. That's what gets me up every day. That's what gives me passion. Now, I'm a full-time active registered nurse myself. I work 40-plus hours, and I'm focusing on my non-for-profit company, and I'm also focusing on my for-profit company. And it, all it is is, at the end of the day, my main goal is to improve the healthcare system in Nevada, period. Right, and, and I'm sure there are, there's a lot of people out there who support you in those efforts, Brian. Yes, I know the numbers are awful, uh, Vegas, uh, when it comes to health care, and, and again, nurses being such a key element. Yeah, I mean, the next step of this guy is to work with restaurants that we put the spotlight on the restaurant chef for the first time, where, again, having a video crew and, and working with that chef to create meals to give some advertisement and, and, and props to the restaurants to create a meal with, my, with our chef, Chef New, Manu's Kitchen, who we're working with, you know, putting almost like a, a Guy Fiari, like drive-in diners and dives concept to putting the spotlight on these chefs you know, sponsored by these restaurants to create meals for retired, disabled, and terminal ill nurses. Because what I'm doing is I'm connecting, again, the beginning phases of nursing to now the, you know, uh, entertainment, our restaurants. Because, again, we have the best restaurants in the world. Well, why can't we use our restaurants and, and work together to give back to an industry that's never given back to before? Yes, just great information. Yeah, great information, Brian. And uh, I would thank you so much for stopping by and being part of the Business of Giving show today. And for our audience out there, how can they get in contact with you? Sure. They can go to nursesofone.org. That is the website. And the website was just launched recently. Uh, so, again, that's nursesofone.org. Please feel free. You can reach out on the website. You can call me. Uh, I, I don't know, Guy, do you, do you take phone numbers or do you do the emails or what do we do here? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can share your phone number. Sure. You, can, you guys, you can call me at 716-514-6730. Um, you can email me at ffn at nursesofone.org. And, and that website is on, the email is on the website as well. Right. Well, Guy, thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate you, and thank you for all the listeners. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for stopping by again, Brian, with Nurses of One, Inc., a great organization for nonprofit organizations. We're all about helping you to run more successful businesses. I think when people think of nonprofit organizations, a lot of times they don't look at them as businesses, but all the same things that anyone who runs a business has to do, they have to do when they're running a nonprofit. It's uh, the leadership, the, uh, the business systems, the sales, every aspect that we all use in our traditional businesses are also important. 
for nonprofit organizations. Part of our mission is helping nonprofits to be more successful in that way, to run better businesses, to make connections in the business community that could potentially lead them to opportunities for funding, exposure, volunteerism. And so being a member of the uh, Cross Marketing Chamber of Commerce gives you great opportunities uh, to connect with both of these entities. And if you wanted to become a member of our chamber, you can just go to our website, Cause Marketing chamber.com and there's a big red button on that page that says join now and you can click on that button and you'll learn more about uh, the membership packages that we have very affordable membership for an organization that uh, is very very committed to bettering our community and definitely uh, improving nonprofit organizations and for-profit businesses we've got a lot going in 2023 that's going to be interesting and exciting and and that's one of the reasons why we're hosting this radio show is because we want the community to come and be a part of this. We're uh, invested in this cause marketing movement. And uh, so we we would love to have you come and be a participant as a member. And so please go to our website, causemarketingchamber.com to learn more about what we do or to become a member. We've also got an excellent partnership with ADP. ADP is a business services organization that is known worldwide. They're very, very well known for their payroll services, uh, but there's a lot of other business-related services that they offer as well. They are a partner of the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce, and uh, for us with our partnership – We want to encourage you to do business with them. They have, again, so many things beyond the payroll, although they are they're an excellent payroller. I think Amazon, they are actually the payroller for Amazon and so many other large corporations uh, all over the country and all over the world. So their services are are vast in the payroll sphere, but they also do a lot of things with human resources and they create employee manuals and handbooks. There's so many services that ADP provides. Our partnership with them is valuable to us for anyone who becomes a customer of ADP that was referred by the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce, there's a generous donation that they make to our chamber that enables us to continue to do the good work that we're doing uh, to contribute to the community and the success of businesses and nonprofits. Uh, If you want to learn more about the services of ADP, I would just go to uh, our website and send me an email and I can give you lots of information and connect you with someone over at ADP that can help you. And again, we greatly appreciate your support because ADP is a great partner that will donate to the nonprofit organization, the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce, so that we can continue on with our good work. So just go to the website, causemarketingchamber.com, and send me an email, and I can show you how to connect with ADP. Our next guest for today is a woman that I have known for many years, and uh, her name is Evelyn Pacheco, and she is the founder of an organization here in Nevada called Women in Trades, and uh, I've been living in Las Vegas since 1996, and one of the things that I learned uh, when I moved here was that trades are a big, big part of what we do. I moved here when we were building all the casinos, so the trades on so many levels contribute to the economy, and this nonprofit organization supports the empowerment of women in trades. And Evelyn, welcome to the Business of Giving show. Well, hello, and thank you. Thank you for having me on here. I appreciate it. 
Evelyn, tell us about women in trades. How, what trade were you a part of? I would imagine you're a part of, well, I know you're a part of a trade, but will you share with the audience which trade you were a part of and, and what made you want to establish this organization? I was a part of and in, in retiree out of the Plumbers and Pipefitters Union, Local 525, which has to do with plumbing, welding, um, soldering, brazing, HVAC, um, a lot of great skills to, to have. I got into the apprenticeship program in 2002. My background is secretary, and I started off at Fitzgerald in 2001 working in the engineering department at Fitzgerald, which is now Mr. D's. And that's how I got a little taste of plumbing, HVAC, and soldering and all that. And a friend of mine let me know that there was openings in the Plumbers and Pipefitters Union. And I went and applied and I got in and it was great. It was, it was great. I learned a lot. Um, the, the benefits were great. It helped take care of my family and feed my kids. And, you know, I was, I felt part of society, right? Um, it was great. It was a great feeling. You know, there's things that you go through in there too, being a female. Um, but um, it helped change my life. It changed my life. So you, you started out in a trade. You enjoyed your experience. You were making good money, able, able to make a good living, and you were reaping the benefits of that. And then what made you decide that you wanted to create an organization that advocated for women in trades? I started raising my grandbabies. I retired out of there and started raising the grandbaby and just had me really think about what am I doing out here um, as, as am I on the couch or as I call it, one foot in the dirt and one foot in the couch as far as helping um, organizations and being part of, of the help part instead of the other part, right? And I just thought, here she is um, growing up as a black woman and what am I showing her um, about life and, and about being able to do what you want to do and, and it doesn't matter what's in your way you go around it or doesn't matter what you've done, you keep moving forward. And I went to visit a couple other women in trades and found out there's women in trades all over the United States, including um, international, also too in Canada and in England. And I was like, wow, Nevada does not have women in trades. And we need to have that to let women know um, they can get into trades. They can make 150000 more a year. Um, it's outside. Um, but, you know, that, that, that $2,000 a week check should change everything and how you feel. Every Friday you get paid and, again, the benefits of it. And it even had me get a, a degree. I have a degree in um, pipe fitting because it, you get college credits um, when you go through the apprenticeship. Oh, so you established this organization. And as you mentioned, there are chapters all over the country. And so once you actually got into the the process of doing it and running it, what did you encounter being the, the head of this type of an organization that was empowering women in this way? How were you able to help other women? Um, you know, I really, with the curriculum that we have, I had to think of what did I need when I was coming through the apprenticeship? 
what what if if I were coming into apprenticeship again, right? What would I need to help me to build to prosper, to build to get through the process of the application and testing that comes with it and 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 what about the resources that I would need if I didn't have certain things, right? Or even the resources that I would need to even get into the apprenticeship programs, right? So they ask for a driver's license, birth certificate, they ask your social security card, they ask you for any classes you've taken. So when I started this pre apprenticeship I made sure these are things that I asked for the ladies. So if you can have your your high school equivalency or your degree or your your college credits and your social security and your um, birth certificate, all those things. So you would go through my class and then from there you could go directly apply for the apprenticeship programs. And I have five partners that I partner with um, in the UA union to let them know what it's like to be in those apprenticeships, what they do, right? Like the operators, they deal with local 12. So those are the trucks and, and the cranes, which is cool. 872 are the laborers, and they do a whole lot of different things in there, which is 872 laborers. Um, I have 669, which are the sprinter fitters, and they deal with the fire systems and piping. IBW, which are the electricians, and they do the electrical and um, 525, which is the plumbing, HVAC, welding, um, and that sort. And so I have other contractors, women-owned businesses that have their contractors, and they do tiling, and I have some other contractors that help me with, um, with like, the prints and things like that, right? And so I got this group together, and it helps Again, the six week that we're doing the class, it helps to get you familiar with what the trades is like, what you're going to get into. So we and and we talk about all trades. This is not one specific because I'm out of the plumbers and pipe fitter doesn't mean that's the only trade we talk about. Right. I just got through saying how we have five unions and other contractors that we partner with and we partner with culinary and Department of Transportation and manufacturing also, too. Um, because they're all trades. And I we've been successful with having three women since our tw- our first graduation. We have one lady that's in the Plumbers and Pipe Fitters Union. We have one that's in IBW. And we also have a lady that got into the Carpenters, um, 1977 local. And so this works, right? This works. And women come to us out of prison, are in prison and asking questions and saying, thank you, you know, for what the work that you do out here for us that are coming out. Um, those coming out of the foster system, those are underrepresented, underserved. Um, those are the women that we talk to. So you don't have to have any type of training. You just have to have the ambition and, and want to be successful. Right. And, be part of society, right? Paying yeah. your taxes and doing things, and again, taking care of your family. Yeah, right? we're, we're, we're domestic. We're running a little short on time, Evelyn, but I mean, I, I I thoroughly enjoy hearing about this organization. But I want the audience to be able to lo- know where they can get in contact with you. I wish I had more time because this is really an impactful organization that can help so many women. How can they get in contact with you if they want to learn more about uh, your organization that advocates for women in trades? 
they can email us at info, I-N-F-O, at Nevada, spelled out, W-I-T dot org. So that's info at NevadaWit.org. Our website is www.Nevada, spelled out, W-I-T dot org. That's our website also. Well, and thank you. you. Can get a hold of her. Yeah, thank you so much for being on and keep up the uh, the great work out there, empowering women to uh, take advantage of the trade opportunities here in Nevada. I think it's just so valuable what you're doing. And uh, yep, Evelyn, keep uh, keep working hard. I know my company, uh, I run a public relations and advertising company when I'm not running the chamber called Classy Communications, and we're representing women in trade. So you're going to be hearing a lot more about Evelyn and, and, and these women in the <laughs> yes. coming days. So thank you yes. again, and Evelyn. The <laughs> Can I speak one minute on the bill that I'm saying? I'm sorry. I wish I could yes. give you the time, but I'll, I'm completely out go. of time, Evelyn. Yes, AB 305 on Friday. All That's right. It. There you go. Okay. Thank you all for tuning into the Business of Giving podcast. Please follow us on our social sites on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We just established a channel, the Business of Giving uh, show channel, so you can listen to uh, episodes of the show. And uh, you can also check us out on SoundCloud. And for those of you out there who, uh, who might not know what we're all about, we're all about giving for the good of business. Take care of yourself. As I'm getting older, your people get older. Most of us only care about money.